You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, featuring the top interviews from this past week's show with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn. Hello and welcome to a very special This Week on NFL No Huddle as we take you back throughout the season presenting some of the best conversations we've had with members of the NFL Legends community, a weekly highlight of our show. On today's program, you'll hear from Warwick Dunn, Chad Pennington, Mark Brunell, plus Hall of Famers Orlando Pace and Carl Eller. But let's start the show by welcoming in former Bills All-Pro linebacker Daryl Talley. Daryl, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you today? Uh, doing well. How are you guys doing? We are doing well, and we want to talk about your old team because I saw an article that quoted you this summer indicating you think that the Bills' new head coach, Sean McDermott, has a little bit of Marv Levy in him. What's the connection between the current head coach in Western New York and the iconic coach you played for? Well, well the thing I see is they both pay attention to detail, and they want, they're going to hold you accountable for what you're doing. So and when you see that in a, guy, a young coach, and you see that and you know what it means, you're happy for everybody because now you know everybody's going in the right direction. Everybody's going to be pulling on that chain or that rope in the same direction in which to get it moving. And they started out the year fairly well, and I think they're in good shape right now. Daryl, Nick Ferguson here. You know, uh, it was a pleasure watching you uh, growing up in Miami as a Miami Dolphin fan and watching your Bills uh, kind of ruin my childhood as you guys uh, went to, <laughs> to consecutive <laughs> Super Bowl after Super Bowl. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, that – that was just an argument between me and a good friend. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was great watching. But speaking of that, I want to talk about the defense. In, in comparison to how you guys played and looking at the Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the season, it, it really looked from a defensive standpoint. When Sean McDermott came in, he put his, his fingerprint on what they wanted to do, getting rid of some of the guys that Rex brought in. But over the past couple of weeks, we've seen – you know, things somewhat change. From what you've seen when you've been watching, what's been the biggest issue that they need to correct from a defensive standpoint moving forward? From, from what I can see, they're, they're doing everything right, actually, to be honest with you. Guys have just gotten beat. And what's telling them now is they're not used to being on the field as much as they were on the field this past game. Um, from what I can see, what, what they've done is they've taken and given everybody a gap and sort of said, okay, here's the where we're going to be. Everybody's going to know where each other's going to be. We're going to be simple, and we're going to be straightforward. We're going to play gaps. You got this guy. Here's where we're playing coverage. You got him, and everybody has a spot to be in. And if you're not there and they run a particular pattern, as you can see right now, Michael Hyde is probably leading the league in interceptions right now. Darrell I mean, Talley is our guest on the NFL on Tuesday. Yeah, Darrell, a lot was clicking for the Bills, and they were one of the better stories to start the year. And then, unfortunately, from the Buffalo point of view, not a great performance on Thursday Night Football, losing on the road to the Jets, and you know they got pushed around by the Saints. So, felt like change was coming, but are you surprised of the timing to make this quarterback move? Tyrod Taylor's numbers weren't great. Still, a fifth-round pick, and Nathan Peterman's going to make his starting debut on the road in L.A., taking on the Chargers. What do you make of this change? I don't know. I don't know if something was wrong. Tyrod was hurt or something. Nick, I don't know. I don't know any of that. If I wish I was on the, in on the no on that one. That's kind of interesting to me. Um, it's going to be interesting. The young guy, I guess. You have to trust the process. I guess they think it's time to try this guy. I don't know. I can't answer that one. Well, well Dale, 
Let's try this on for size. Uh, we've heard a lot of guys criticize the league as far as Thursday night football. Uh, B. Webb just alluded to the fact that the Bills lost uh, at the at New York Met, MetLife Stadium against the New York Jets, a division rival. And Richie Incognito came out after in a postgame interview, and he had his choice choice words about playing on Thursday night football. In your view, knowing as though you know what the league was at the time that you played and watching Thursday night football. Do you think that somehow it's a detriment to players' health and that somehow contributes to uh, a team losing like the Bills lost against the Jets on Thursday night last week? I don't say it's attributing to their losing a game or anything like that, no. But um, honestly, the guys, I don't know. They give the guys so much time off in comparison to the way they played, to the way the game was played when I played, to the way I see it now being done. We would say they were in a country club. <laughs> I would agree but, with you. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's it. But what I think the problem is, guys have just gotten nicked. They're it's the middle part of the season, middle of the season, and guys are nicked, and everybody's a little sore, and they're not sure how they're going to deal with that yet, and they're just trying to figure out how to get through it and play through the soreness. Now, I expect guys to come back and be refreshed and be ready to go. I mean, you you've had two bad games in a row. You have to look in the mirror. If you played well all year, you don't look in the mirror. When you you look in the mirror every time you play well, so you better look in that mirror when you don't play well and find out what's going on and see what that guy's got to say that's in the mirror. Chatting with Daryl Talley, former Bills Pro Bowl linebacker, part of the NFL Legends community. We want to talk about the great work that our friends within the community are doing in a moment. Daryl, you were part of that Bills team that made it to four consecutive Super Bowls. Incredible achievement, win or lose. Do you think with all the parity we see now across the NFL, that will ever happen again, a team making it to the Super Bowl four straight years? I don't say, I don't say never because they told us it never could have been done. So we did it. So say it's possible. It's possible, but with the way everybody's moving around in free agency right now, I don't think so. Um, I thought probably what, a couple years ago, two years ago, I thought Seattle had a chance to do it. And I thought New England had a chance. And no, neither one did it. Well, Darrell, I want to back up for a second because you said something that I thought was uh, really important as it pertains to the Buffalo Bills and their two-game slump. Uh, in your day with, the, with uh, the Buffalo Bills playing with Jim Kelly and the Super Bowls you guys went to, you guys had some issues where, you know, things were not going right on the team as far as the win-loss uh, column is concerned. How did you guys handle the situations where you may have lost like two games in a row? How did you guys mentally, you know, come together in a locker room? Because I'm thinking maybe this is the thing, and you just kind of alluded to, that, <laughs> see, that, that the locker room they, needs to do. They did call us the bickering bills, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so how did you guys normally handle situations? You you have a lot of type A personalities that believe that they can win. They can believe they can do anything. But if we're not all doing it on the same page and at the same time, it's not going to work. So we've got to sit down and come to grips with that. And say, okay, look, we need this out of you. 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 You just tell everybody what you need out of them. Because guess what? That's the only way you're going to win. It takes, uh, it takes 53, 53 guys and a coaching staff to win on Sunday. And if they don't believe that, they're learning real quickly that they won't, their wins won't last very long. Finally, Daryl, it's a highlight every week to chat with a legend like yourself. What does 
it mean to you to be a part of the NFL Legends community? What are you taking away from this experience? What I'm taking away from it, it actually gives me a chance to give back some of the knowledge that I have to some of the younger guys coming into the league. And just to be able to share what I know with some younger guys so that they don't make the same mistakes I made along the way. And just to help them that, as much as I possibly can because I don't want to see anybody have, you know, fail at anything, especially a fellow player. Daryl, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us today and hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Daryl. All right, you're welcome. You guys have a great day. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. From week one to week 17, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me taking you from game to game. We'll have home calls as teams are threatening to score. Fake it to block. Brady tosses. Touchdown! Hear every big play. Hear every game-winning drop. Is a touchdown. Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern, only on TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Next up on this special edition of This Week on NFL No Huddle, we're joined by former Falcon and Buccaneer running back Warwick Dunn. Warwick, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Appreciate you guys having me. Oh, man, I appreciate you coming on, as I always do. I would say a good friend, and and most importantly, let's just say a good man. We always appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, I hear some great news taking place in December. Uh, The Falcons Ring of Honor? What's that all about? Talk to me. Man, I have no idea. I mean, they got the wrong name. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I was a little taken back, man. So, you know, I'm still like, I don't believe it's real. You know, you don't, you you play the game to to hopefully, you know, you're always giving your best and play at the highest level. And, uh, man, I'm, you know, I'm still speechless. So, man, I'm I'm thankful, though, that you'd be recognized for things, not just off the field, but on the field as well. So, man, I appreciate it. Warwick, let's spotlight tonight's game. Jameis Winston, still early in his NFL career, but how far has he come both as a player and a person since you have known him back to the Florida State days, given your connection to that program? Well, I just think overall he's grown and matured. Uh, To become a professional quarterback in this league, I mean, he has to be a leader. So I think he's setting the tone day in and day out by showing up at the facility early, just being that leader that they need. And I think overall in the field, I mean, he's he's really grown into understanding, you know, utilizing the guys around him. I mean, he's still at times, you know, he's going to make mistakes. We're all a human. But I think they're definitely riding his back. And as long as they can continue to put playmakers around him, uh, he's going to have a great opportunity to be not just a good quarterback in this league, but a great quarterback for years to come. Let's say, Warwick, you pretty much are torn between the two, uh, the Bucs, and also the team where you're going into the Ring of Honor here with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, When thinking of the Atlanta Falcons and, and, and you being a part of the organization, give me your take on what you see from this team Moments in time during the season, they're, they're really hot and they're on fire. Then there's moments where they have that lull, not in the beginning of the game, not in the middle, but mainly towards the end to where it seems sometimes like they can't finish. What do you attribute that to, or is it just the other team is playing really good to where they, they find ways to get in the end zone a little bit more? Well, I, I think when you 
you played the game, and when you look at it, everybody's getting better every year. Once they see what you've done, people draft, and they game plan you a lot better. It's a year for defensive coordinators to get a leg up. But it's not the same team as last year, and I try to you know, tell people that this is a different team different circumstances, different environment, and also you have different players. You have now a new offensive coordinator. So it's going to take some time for them to really get into uh, a rhythm, to gel, to understand and learn. And I think right now it's just growing pains. Still a talented team. They have all of the weapons, but – you know, can you mesh at the right time to make a run? And I think right now they're just learning how to play together. But, again, we've had some luck where we didn't have guys get injured and so forth, and now we've had some injuries we have to deal with. So we got to show some resilience and just stay on the path. And hopefully we can get through the muddiness and come out on the end and playing good football in the second half of the year. Work done. Part of the NFL Legends community is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Work, your foundations have done such great work. There's that outstanding story about how thanks to your organization and Habitat for Humanity, 11 years ago now, Deshaun Watson's family was able to yeah. secure a new home. We've all seen that photo of that special day. What do you remember about it? Man, I remember that I was taller than Deshaun. <laughs> Man, that tells you time flies. I mean, I was a giant then, and now I'm looking up to him. But uh, I think, you know, from that day, just looking at those, that photo and, and just thinking about that time that I actually met him for the first time, uh, I think that is an example of sometimes you plant seeds, you instill things, and that carried along with him so that now he's helping other people. And for me, that's the most important thing is that we we share the love and we share our blessings and he's sharing his blessings by helping people. Even before he got in national football league at Clemson, he was going back and helping other habitat families. So I've just been taught in my life that, Hey, you give a person a helping hand, they still have to do some things on their own and you just give them a hand up and not a hand out. So I've been truly blessed, man, to be able to touch people's lives, but to see the benefits and, and, and of individuals that are going out and helping other people because they've been blessed. And that's why you're going into the Falcons ring of honor. It's just because of those things you do. It's you make it bigger than you. You make it more about the people. And I think that's why the, the residuals always come back to you the way they do. But with saying that, uh, the very first time you, you, you've done something in your life, all of our lives, we have a certain feeling, especially when it comes to success. Has that feeling changed from the first time you've given a home away to a family uh, from way back when up until now? Has the feeling changed? No, the feeling hasn't changed. It's different, you know, because I've done it for so long uh, and every situation is different. But the, the, the feeling, the passion, the emotion is still there. I mean, when I go out and I see people and I hand over keys and I hug people, I still you know, have that passion to just want to see them succeed. And because we all come from different backgrounds, different environments, but sometimes we all need a helping hand to get going, or we just need someone to, to, you know, paint a different picture for us to see that, you know, the world is really not that bad. It's a great place if we take advantage of the opportunities. And I've just been, uh, I've just been blessed to live a good life and to be able to help people. But, uh, most importantly, I just can't forget the people that helped me to get to this point. And I, uh, obviously, you can't do it alone, and you know that. 
So uh, the people before me, they taught me what it means to give back and care about your neighbor and to help each other. And I'm just paying it forward because people paid it, for, you know, help me. So I got to pay it forward. And that also captures, I think, the essence of the Legends community. Warwick, every Thursday we talk to a legend like yourself. Real highlight on this show. What does being part of the NFL Legends community mean to you? Man, it, it means a lot because tells us that we're not forgetting about the guys who played the game, who set the tone. Uh, the guys before me, they are the true legends. I'm just, you know, they paved the way for me. And to be able to be a part of a group that is trying to make sure that they have access to all of the benefits, all of the information that's available to them, if they want to grow businesses, if they want to uh, promote themselves and, and, and so forth, you know, we're there to assist and help them. And really just continue to have that brotherhood because a lot of times I think when we get away from the game, we lose contact with each other. And and now we have opportunity to fellowship. We come together at different events and we have different events across the country that we don't want to just give, you know, just, just be a handout. We want to be able to, to give guys tools so they're able to be successful for the long haul because it's a journey. And playing a national football league – we know you play 16 games, you know, 17 weeks, but it's 16 games. It's it's not a sprint. It is a marathon because we're in it together. And any guy who's played one down, they are a legend. They're considered part of the legacy of this game. And, and all the guys who played this game set the pathway for the future players. So I'm honored to be a part of that and honored to uh, help guys, you know, along that journey. Warren, you, Warwick, you mentioned, I said Warren, Warwick, you mentioned um, guys actually coming together. Uh, and you see yeah. the National Football League now where you have owners, you have players, uh, you have coaches, uh, all now taking a stance uh, for something that's bigger than them, and, and whether it be a knee or even arms locking, being together. Uh, what, tell me about the landscape of the National Football League when it comes to the guys coming closer together for us, not just being a part of the legends community or just being with our own friends, the guys we play with and that we like to hang out with. But you're seeing now offensive linemen hanging out with defensive linemen. You're seeing quarterbacks, you know, grabbing arms together with, with DBs. You know, that very rarely happens because we're competing so much on the field in practice. But you're now seeing a chance. You're having a chance now to see it throughout the National Football League from every team. Yeah. Uh, give me your take on the landscape well, of the game. Well, the environment is just it's so crazy right now that, you know, I think what we're showing now is unity, right? We're showing togetherness. We're showing that no matter what our background is, where no matter where we come from, our color, our you know, religion, whatever, you know, when you play the International Football League, I have to trust the guy on the side of me. Uh, I have to believe that he's going to do his job. And we all have the same goals and outcome, and that is to win football game, play our best, win football game, and become champions. And the National Football League is about, one, unity, right? We all have to stick together because we all play a game that we love. And this game brings millions of people together that they want to watch you every Thursday, Sunday, and on Mondays. I mean, this is a special game that, you know, not only as players that we – not only as players, but also as fans. We love to see guys compete, and we love the camaraderie. And for guys to take knees, I support them. Why? Because they, they're, bring, they're raising awareness about a, a cause, a social cause that they care about. I can respect that. 
There's no disrespect to the flag. I mean, my mom was a police officer. I understand what the flag means. But we also know that everyone in this country is a patriot. You know, the referees, the people, the water boys on the sideline. I mean, everybody's a patriot in this country because we all believe in, in one cause and making sure we have the, the greatest country on earth and we have the freedom for a free speech. So these guys are coming together, locking arms, taking knees, standing up for each other because, you know what, they want to show America and show everyone that no matter what, what our history is, our background, that we're going to stick together and do it as one. Well said. Warwick, thank you so much for the time. We really enjoyed the conversation, and we appreciate you giving us a few minutes today on the NFL on TuneIn. I appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Stay up to date on the latest news as it happens on TuneIn. There are 70,000 people at risk of another life-threatening situation. From American politics to global events, get live 24-7 coverage with some of the top news media outlets in the world, including CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News Radio. And when breaking news hits, TuneIn keeps you updated with up-to-the-minute reports and analysis on the biggest stories of the day. What a moment. Absolutely. So let's get right to it. Here's our starting line. Day or night, get live news coverage from around the world on TuneIn. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Now time to welcome into the special edition of This Week on NFL No Huddle, Chad Pennington, the former NFL quarterback. Chad, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Doing well. Terrific. We're really happy that you had a couple minutes to join us on the program. And let's start with your old team, even though the Jets now have lost three consecutive games. Have they exceeded your expectations after all the talk about the possibility of tanking? Well, I think from a fan perspective, uh, even though they are three and five, I think you have to like what you're seeing uh, on the field as far as the product. I think it's a team that plays extremely hard. And they're actually playing good football offensively. They're versatile. They're getting the ball to a lot of different playmakers uh, defensively they've had some uh, really good uh, performances and so even though the, right now the record is three and five I certainly think from a fan's perspective it's at least a product that you can watch and enjoy watching and you can see that the staff has done a really good job in working with this team. Chad Pennington is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Chad since unfortunately you dealt with serious shoulder injuries what do you make of the Colts placing Andrew Luck on IR and shutting him down for the rest of the season? Well, I certainly think it's a smart decision. Um, you know, I felt like after my first shoulder surgery that I probably came back too fast. Uh, being a competitor, you want to be out on the field with your teammates, but at the same time, um, I, I came back too fast, and I think that lent itself to my second injury that happened eight months later, which then caused me issues, obviously, throughout my whole career. So I don't disagree with the decision at all, and I'm glad that the Colts, as well as Andrew, are trying to be as smart as they can about this, understanding that there's longevity here that they're trying to preserve and trying to make the best decision possible, not only for uh, the team, but most importantly for him uh, as an individual. The Chiefs are taking on the Cowboys this week. Uh, How impressed have you been of Alex Smith's uh, and his improvement this season? Well, I'm a huge Alex Smith fan, and the reason that I am is uh, to watch how he's handled his entire career and, and knowing uh, all of the grief and struggle that he faced when he was in San Francisco, being a 21-year-old and having the franchise dumped on you, and uh, then being able to uh, rebound and handle it uh, the way he has handled it, 
And, you know, he's been called the typical game manager, and everybody thinks that's such a bad word. But as quarterbacks, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, but now it's nice to see how he's more than that. And he has shown that he's more than that. And that uh, with the right playmakers in place, he's able to push the ball down the field and play at a high, high level. And so I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he plays the quarterback position the way it should be played. And really to watch this Chiefs offense, uh, it's really exciting. I think Andy Reid, even though he's a West Coast guy, he's done some really phenomenal things just in the creativity of what he's done with the playmakers that he has and how he's been able to uh, involve all of those guys, whether it be tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, you name it. He's got them all involved, and it's, it's really fun. It's fun football to watch right now. Taking you around the league with Chad Pennington, part of the NFL Legends community. Chad, you finished your career in Miami. Do you have a handle on this team? They've had some impressive wins, but they've been shut out twice as they get ready to take on the Raiders on Sunday night. Well, you know, when you lose your starting quarterback uh, in preseason and then you uh, you know, have to deal with that and to see where they are and, and even having a chance to compete and being at 4-3, and three, I think it's remarkable. Uh, and I think that they have a young coach in Adam Gase that uh, he's brilliant uh, and he understands players, but he's also he knows how to draw the hard line as well, and I think players respect that. And so it'll be interesting to see how they – respond the second half of the season, um, dealing with some of the changes that have been made as well as injuries and things like that. But uh, I'm sure it can be frustrating when you play well and all of a sudden you know, throw just two bombs in there where you don't play well at all. But that's just that consistency factor that you're trying to find as a team, and uh, I hope that they'll be able to find that. Unfortunate for Carson Palmer, the, the Cardinals are moving on without him. He had a phenomenal career. Uh, but do you think he's going to try to come back after breaking his arm? It'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that's such an individual decision, and you've got to be able to uh, look at that and, and see you know, where your passion lies. And you know, my hope, uh, being being a former player now too, and, and seeing how guys handle their transition from the game, your biggest hope and prayer is for when these guys leave that um, the game of football is only what they did; it's not who they are. And as long as they're able to make that separation, then they can make a good uh, decision and, and take the emotion out of it and make the decision of what's best for him. But if he still has it is to play and he still wants to be involved, uh, Cordell, you know as well as I do, there's nothing that, is, that fills that void that football leaves. And uh, you want to be able to leave when you feel is the right time for you. So it'll certainly be interesting to see what he decides to do. Yeah, we have a great relationship with the NFL Legends community and really enjoy these weekly conversations. What does being an NFL Legends community director mean to you? Well, it, it means serving the brotherhood. And I just really enjoy you know, serving our NFL brothers and trying to inform them, get them the resources that they need to make a, tra- a, a successful transition. I think one of the biggest things that we take for granted are all the great intangible qualities that the game of football has given us. Uh, to make make us successful off the field and into the next chapter of our lives. And it's just great to be able to work with your, your NFL brothers and help them make that realization and then make that transition and be just as successful off the field as they were on the field. Finally, Chet, as Cordell mentioned, and it's intended to be a compliment, I grew up a Jet fan. We know the Jets have had some issues under center. We contend you're the second-best quarterback in the history of the franchise after Joe Namath, what do you think? I'll take it. Uh, you know, Joe <laughs> Willie has that Super Bowl ring, and I, I wish I had one too. 
but I, I'll certainly take it. And, and you know, I enjoyed enjoyed playing here with the Jets, and I'm actually up in New York right now doing some fan engagement stuff with the Jets and some media stuff right now. And uh, it was just over at the complex a while ago. But uh, you know what? I've really been impressed with how Josh McCown has handled this situation this year. I think he's brought a stabilizing force to the organization with all the changes and things that went on uh, in the offseason. He has played extremely well and, and really playing some good football under center. So that's always nice. I think as quarterbacks, we root for those guys. We know how hard it is to get up under center and to handle all the things you've got to handle. It's not an easy task. And when you see guys being able to do that successfully, uh, it makes you feel good. So I'm proud of what he's been able to do for the Jets. And I certainly enjoyed my career and time here in New York. Chad, you know when playing a game, it's already humbling, and playing a quarterback position, you can double the humble serum, so to speak, in the sense because you sometimes get too much of the blame and get too much of the praise. But when you get coupled in the same conversation as Joe Namath uh, by anyone, and that when it comes down to being an organization as a QB, uh, that that's somewhat of a, a good company to be with, isn't it? Well, there's no question about it, and uh, you know I've always enjoyed my relationship with Joe. And uh, I remember, I remember my first interaction with Joe. If you've ever seen Joe's uh, autograph, it is perfect cursive. You can read every letter. And we were doing an autograph signing when I was a rookie, and my autograph was just terribly sloppy. And he looked over at me and said, "Hey, Rook, if you're going to sign it, they need to read it." And right then and there, I changed my autograph, and so that's why mine's a little bit neater. And then thanks to Joe Willie on that one. <laughs> always great to following the instructions that come from a football immortal. Chad, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Okay, thank you guys. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Country Roads, your all-access pass to everything Nashville. Just a lot better music selection. Marin Morris. Kenny Chesney. Florida Georgia Line. Sam Hunt. Hey, we're all Dominion. We're all we written in the sand. Plus news and interviews with your favorite country stars. Thomas Rhett. You're not given more than you can handle, and so every day just kind of has its own challenges. I'm Kelly Sutton, bringing you the hottest new country songs on Country Roads. I'm Luke Bryan, cruising the country roads with you on TuneIn. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on This Week on NFL No Huddle, spotlighting NFL legends, we're joined by Hall of Famer Orlando Pace. Orlando, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We chatted with you the night in San Francisco. You got the good news. You were heading to Canton, Ohio. And I'm based here in L.A., so I'm aware that you and the rest of the Rams Hall of Famers were honored before the season opener at the L.A. Coliseum. What's your mindset about the team now that they're back in Southern California, given your years in St. Louis? Well, uh, obviously that was a business move for the Rams. It was great for that organization. Uh, to get back where where they you know they started, they were there for so many years, and uh, what 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 was what was outstanding for me was just to see these these fans who followed us to St. Louis, followed the Ram organization to St. Louis. So as we walked through the game, walked through the parking lot, and embraced some of those fans that 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 they still remember those St. Louis Rams, and that's important for guys who really played in St. Louis to still feel that love from that organization and so many uh, Ram fans in L.A. Orlando, when you look at the Rams now, and it seems as if, and congratulations on everything, bro. Um, when you get a chance to see the Rams now playing the way they are, now that they have Coach McVay, and you see the offensive line playing a little bit better, uh, they're trying to give Todd Gurley the ball, the quarterback in Jared Goff is playing good. 
how does it make you feel to see this Rams team trying to find a way? I know it's early. I know you probably need to see more. But in comparison to what we saw last year and in, in comparison to these first two games and the effort they're putting in, uh, how excited are you for this football team moving forward? I'm, I'm really excited. And, you know, last year it was, it was tough to score touchdowns. And it was tough to watch it, being, a, being a former Ram myself or being a Ram myself. Uh, to be out there in that atmosphere to actually see the development of a Jared Goff, that offense moving up and down the field and, and scoring some touchdowns. And this past offseason, I had a chance to talk to, to Sean, and, and, and we talked about football. He loves football. And I felt like he was the right guy to get this offense going and help, really help develop a young quarterback in Jared Goff. The Hall of Famer Orlando Pace is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Orlando, your teammate, Torrey Holt, has been nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame again. Why do you think he's had to wait to join you in Canton, Ohio? Many of us think undeniably Torrey's a Hall of Famer. Well, you know, that, that receiver, uh, there's a log jam for those receivers. And, and it's funny because those guys have all the stats uh, when you look at their numbers. And there's so many great receivers during that era. But, you know, the committee has their process of how they go about it. But, you know, he's a Hall of Famer in my book, and, and hopefully uh, he'll get in soon. But it is a log jam with so many guys. I know Randy Moss is coming up this year. T.O.'s obviously on the ballot. Another teammate, Isaac Bruce, is on the ballot as well. So, uh, obviously, I'll be rooting for my guys to get in. But it is some, it is some tough competition. Orlando, we've had a lot of conversation on this show about shaky offensive line play around the league to start the season. If you saw the Giants on Monday Night Football, that was a disaster. Do you have a theory about what's going on? I've heard that college linemen who play in a spread offense like Cordell was talking about are having trouble making the move to the NFL. It's funny. I was having that conversation with a guy probably a year or two ago. And and I came from the era where it was at Ohio State where it was three yards in the cloud of dust and we ran the ball, so we were physical at the point, but we passed it. And I think the spread offense is, is, is a little different. I don't think linemen coming out are as physical, or uh, but they're not taught the, the proper technique coming into the league. And when, when you come into the league and it becomes a passing league, and you're not used to passing the ball 30, 40 times a game, and you know, you're used to the read option, that kind of thing. It makes it different. That's a difficult transition for, for you know, any, any lineman stepping into a situation where they got to protect a million dollar quarterback back there, a big name quarterback, and and uh, they got to pass the ball thirty or forty times, or a pressure pressure situation, and also a combination of that defensive ends and linebackers and defensive the whole defensive front. These guys are so much more athletic these days, so they're putting a lot more pressure on a lot of these offensive linemen too, because you're you're pretty much as a left tackle, you're blocking the best athlete on the field in that right defensive end. And I don't know if these guys coming out of college are, are prepared as much as they need to be uh, to block that type of talent. I saw that being uh, one of your statements you made uh, on your Hall of Fame page and, and saying how you have to be probably the best athlete, especially when it comes to the blind side uh, of your of your quarterback. And in your case, you were what – Kurt Warner was he a he was a right hand yeah he was a right hander and so yeah yeah, he was a righty so you you had your hands full but when you see players like the Eric Flowers playing for the Giants and how bad he was getting beat this past weekend by the Detroit Lions whenever you see that with an offensive lineman what does that do especially a tackle uh, on that side what does it do to you uh, when watching it does it does it make you scratch your head do you kind of you know, quiver just, you know, kind of get nervous just a little bit to the point where you just want to reach out to the kids or you just be like, you know, that's just bad coaching, whether it's coming out of college or even the coaches in the National Football League. 
Well, I think the player, the player in me just says, man, I feel bad for this kid, number one. Number two, guys got to realize in this game, you got to be a professional. Cordell, you know this as well as anybody. You have to prepare. So if I'm facing a defensive end, I got to study every move that he does. So when I step on that field on Sunday, I know exactly what he's going to do in pressure situations. And so I'm prepared mentally for that. But then again, I got to have my own game plan. So, you know, obviously offensive line is a game, a game within a game. And then you got to just be nasty at some point. It's your will against my will, and who's going to win? So it's a combination of all those things, but then technique, the coaching, all that comes into play too. And and from a coaching staff perspective, they got they have to know what they have in the offensive line. Send somebody over to chip. Send somebody over to help if he has a tough defender in that in that spot that day. But it all begins with preparation, knowing what that defensive guy is going to do week in and week out. And, and when he's really trying to get a sack, what's his go-to move? So I think, you know, I don't know. And I don't know the kid personally, so I don't know. I don't want to jump on him. But it's just it's, I think it's all about preparation. It's a, it makes the, the game come a lot easier. Chatting with the Hall of Famer Orlando Pace, part of the NFL Legends community. Aaron Donald back with the Rams, and they'll take care of him financially eventually. We know he's one of the three best defensive players in all of football. Orlando, since Aaron is an interior lineman, if you had a matchup with him inside, how would you try to slow him down as he's had a tremendous knack to get to the quarterback? Uh, he's a tough guy. Uh, he's a, he'd be a tough guy to block because he's so quick, but he's also powerful. So if you, if you, get, if you catch your leaning, he could uh, he could uh, get by you pretty quick, or he can you know he can roll you over pretty pretty much anyway. He's one of those guys that, like I said, you got to prepare for him. You got to change it up. I always say against good 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 linemen like that, I can't give you the same thing every snap, every play. I got to change it up. Like man, maybe I cut you a snap, maybe I hit you in the head. I do I do different things to try to get you frustrated, but I can't give you the same dose every everything every play. Uh, so I think. You know, I, that's that's probably the game plan I would go in and just facing a good player like Aaron Donald. Finally, you're in the most exclusive club in all of sports. The Hall of Fame is such a unique brotherhood, but we have a great relationship with the NFL Legends community. What's it mean to you to be a part of that wonderful initiative? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity, something I really believe in, and, and the league really rolled it out. Uh, and, and I'm a liaison between uh, – the league and then former players. So many guys leave the game and they're bitter about leaving the game. And, and what the legend community do is bring those guys back into the fold, bring them back into the community, reconnect them with some team, with their team and, and some former players. And we just and really just love on them and serve on them and, and let them know what's available to them. Cause the league has a lot of programs that can help a lot of guys out, former players out. And uh, I'm just one of those guys that that's here to serve those guys. That's a terrific mindset. We appreciate you taking the time as we say goodbye. Is Ohio State going to be okay this year? They scared me a couple of weeks ago, but I know I got faith in Urban Meyer, man. I think he'll get it, get him going down the right right path. And uh, by the end of the year, some of those young guys will be playing well. All right, JT Barrett could use you. He's running around for his life. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Thank you, Orlando. We appreciate you taking the time. All right, you guys have a good day. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. Touchdown! From Week 1 to Week 17, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me, 
taking you from game to game. We'll have home calls as teams are threatening to score. Fake it to block. Brady tosses. Touchdown! Hear every big play. Hear every game-winning drop. Is a touchdown. Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern, only on TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We roll on on This Week on NFL No Huddle with our conversation with Hall of Famer Carl Eller. Carl, thanks for taking the time to join us. We have the pleasure of spotlighting the great work being done by the Legends community every week. What have you taken away from this experience? Well, this experience has been great for me. It's just fantastic. You know, it's a chance for me to connect with uh, former players in a variety of situations. And, uh, you know, it's really a heartfelt, sincere connection. You know, they relate, I relate. And uh, to me, it was like just, uh, just wonderful because it, it was just a greeting. It was like family. And so it, it's really a great, uh, great undertaking. When speaking of the uh, the Legends community, uh, look at the community that's taken place throughout the National Football League, Carl, and you see these guys in unison uh, from a unity standpoint, taking a stance. The game today in comparison to how it was, give me the connection. Uh, when you see these guys being this close to the hips, especially when it comes down to the money they're making nowadays, which easily it's a time to be an individual and not be consumed with nothing else. But now they're looking like for a cause, starting with Colin Kaepernick until now, uh, they're joined at the hip in a way that, let's just say, we may have not seen in a very, very long time, maybe back in the time in which the strike was taking place to, to try to create some opportunities for some players. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it goes back to the days of the strike. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, most players supported that. We had a few players cross the line. But, you know, the the thing is, is like with the players, is is that they're always mistaken for being – I don't want to use the phrase just a player, but they're they're like almost a, a inhuman or non-human that they're supposed to be automatic and just respond to things. These guys are very deeply emotional. They're very deeply concerned. They're very deeply connected and, and, and attached, not just to themselves, but to what's going on around the country, their teams, their families, and their communities. So, yes, they are affected, and, and, and they respond according to their own personal you know, uh, uh, contact with it. Carl, as someone who served in the Army National Guard, what's your view of what we've seen at stadiums around the NFL with everything from signs of unity to protests? Well, let me just explain to you, and it's ironic, too, because that originally started with me. I mean, it's it, it's crazy to where it is right now. And just to give you a little background, you know, I was in the National Guard. This was on the uh, Vietnam area, like the late 60s, early 70s. I served my term as a reserve member as, uh, as an uh, option to go into active service, which would have interrupted my playing days, which I didn't want to do and couldn't afford to do that. So the option for me was to be in the National Guard. And uh, for those of you familiar, you know, it's like weekend, uh, you know, training and stuff like that, which directly conflicts with the game. So while I was uh, in the in the guard, Bud Grant, the coach, being the disciplinarian he is, uh, he says, hey, I want to straighten up what's going on on the sidelines and calls me up and says, Carl, show these guys how to stand at attention, you know, and, and I went through the routine 
And that's how it originated. That's how the whole thing started. And what the way it caught on was because we were looking disciplined and polished and, you know, and, and well-formed and uniformed and all those. And, and, and the other teams on the other side were just totally just discombobulated, I guess. And so uh, the, 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 the difference between the two was very obvious. And, of course, that, that it, then it became kind of a league rule or something, but it's certainly a, a, a standard for standing at attention on the sideline. But it all started with me. That's what's so crazy about the whole thing. You know, we always have a pioneer in, in some regard when it comes down to uh, taking a stance for something, and we appreciate you for that for sure. Uh, because trust me, while may, many may not talk about it and you bringing it to the forefront, uh, I just want to say myself as a former player, we appreciate it. But at the same time, when you think of your Minnesota Vikings and, and what we've seen them do defensively, uh, they were called the, what, the purple people leaders at one point in time. And when you look at this defense now, when watching it and having a chance to, and even the team overall, just watching them, how proud of you of this football team right now where you see them being able uh, to go out and play some really good football, even without Adrian Peterson right now, but with the young kid Dalvin Cook and defensively being able to play some of that tough defense uh, that maybe uh, the Purple People leaders back in the day were able to do. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of these guys, and, and, and I'm proud of the Vikings because, you know, these guys have carried their tradition. You know, when I walk in the locker room, Griffin, those guys, uh, you know, they, they they welcome me. That, that history is still there, you know. Uh, but these guys, they don't feel overshadowed by it. You know, it's like something they feel, well, hey, there's a great tradition. You know, it's something they got to live up to. It's something that they identify with, and uh you know, there are great personalities on, on both sides, you know, with the defense, of course, they, they got their standards, but they also have it on, on offense, and they've had some great plays like uh, this Diggs and this Tegan, and then now this Kinnan comes in and plays a hell of a game like last week. So, you know, there's always excitement on the field when, when, when the Vikings are playing. The Hall of Famer Carl Eller is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Cordell mentioned the Purple People Eaters, iconic defense, Hall of Famers like yourself and Alan Page. Carl, what do you make of the current NFL? So many rule changes to promote offense. Well, it is. Uh, you know, uh, I, I would have a hard time. I keep trying to imagine how it would play. One is these guys on the offensive line to continue to get bigger. Uh, the defensive ends are relatively the same. The defensive linemen haven't changed a lot, but they're bigger as well. It's just you you, you got to use the speed. And I'm, I watch these guys, you know, that they do that in the round, in rush, and they're, and they're fast and they're successful. But it's quite a challenge with all the rules changes well let's just be realistic and transparent if, if you were in the trenches and the time in which you played and how you guys like to get after the quarterback you guys would be feast of famine on the quarterbacks nowadays there's no more fullbacks in the mix uh the, the tight ends are, are now hybrid tight ends they're not the big guys that become somewhat of an offensive lineman you guys would have a tremendous amount of fun and maybe the sack numbers would probably be even higher higher for the purple people leaders back in that time, considering you guys were already going after the ball well, but now you would have a chance to really get after the quarterbacks. 
Well, you make a good point there because you always, you know, they had that little set back there, you know, the the two and the three back. So he would always pick up if you got around that uh, tackle there. So that's that's something that I really hadn't thought of. Yeah, it would probably be <laughs> be a heyday for us, you know, going around that guy. That's that's good. I I should have not thought of that. Carl, so many legendary stories connected to your team, and you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. So tell me if this one is true. I got it from Newsweek, so maybe it's fake news. Pre-game meal, <laughs> typically steak and eggs. One week, according to the story, you wanted pancakes. Can you pick up the rest of the story? Because apparently you were able to display your displeasure in a way your head coach actually enjoyed. Well, I, I don't know if he enjoyed it at the time, but yeah, it was a standard, you know, and most teams had just the same meal, but certainly we did, you know, it was like a steak and potato, you know, maybe dry toast or something for some reason. I, I, I had the idea I wanted to have something different. So I ordered pancakes and the waiter, you know, he headed back to the kitchen, I think, to put my special order in and the other orders came out. Everybody was eating the same thing. And I sat at the table, you know, just kind of waiting for my order. And I think Bud Grant finally noticed that. And I, you know, and I saw the waiter going back and forth to the kitchen. So finally I asked him, I says, hey, what happened to my pancakes? And he goes, well, uh, the coach says, uh, you know, you know, everybody gets the same thing. We're not ordered pancakes. Well, they just kind of set me off and I jumped up and kicked the tray of dishes off of the off of the tray. And they all went flying in the air. And, and then I stormed out of the room, you know, so. Yeah, that's that. There's that. That is the true story for the the pancake story. Uh, but you know, I I just got married here. Uh, you know, uh, not long ago, and we had a celebration. Bud was there, and uh, he comes to the cel- celebration. He and his and his wife uh, Pat, and there uh, he gets the microphone and he tells the story. And he says, "Carl, here's your pancakes." Thirty some years later, <laughs> he delivers my pancakes. <laughs> Well, according to Newsweek, when you left the room, Coach looked around and said, well, it looks like Carl was ready to play. Well, I guess I was, yeah. I had a little, uh, you know, you get excited sometimes. You can't hold it in, you know. Mr. Eller, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us on the NFL on TuneIn. It's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Listen to TuneIn on your time with TuneIn On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out this special edition of This Week on NFL No Huddle, we're joined by Mark Brunell, the former NFL quarterback. We are pleased to be joined by Mark Brunell. Always a pleasure to catch up with the former Pro Bowl quarterback, part of the NFL Legends community. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show again. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to chat with you. So let's start with Kansas City and Alex Smith. As you know, he's been playing at a high level this season despite suffering their first loss to the Steelers on Sunday. When you look at Smith, how much of his improvement do you think could be related to the fact that the Chiefs 
devoted a first-round draft pick to Patrick Mahomes, or maybe Andy Reid's been a little bit more aggressive with the play calling? Well, I think it, I think there are reasons why uh, Alex is playing at a pretty high level this year, and, and uh, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Alex. Now, he's surrounded by a good football team, and Andy Reid is, is one of the uh, offensive uh, geniuses in the NFL. I was fortunate to work with him in, uh, earlier in my career, but uh, listen, you can't call Alex Smith a game manager anymore. He's had that, that label and that tag on him for some time, but uh, uh, he's much more than that. And he's and like I said, he's he's got one of the best coaches in the business. Perhaps he's being pushed a little bit by Mahomes back there, but he's playing good football, and, and uh, he's, he's got a good football team around him, too. Mark, let's go to your old team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you have Tom Coughlin, the He's in the front office. He was then your head coach when you had the opportunity to be there with Fred Taylor and Natron meeting business. Uh, give me your take on how this team is actually playing football. On the defensive side, Calais Campbell, he's lights out football with a few other players by committee. And then on offense, you have Leonard Fournette, the young kid who's actually running as if he's been in the National Football League for some time. Give me your take on how, how it feels or, or how it looks from afar to watch your old organization actually look like they're competing every single time they step on the field. Yeah, Cordell. Actually, it's a it's a tough question to answer because uh, we've got a uh, we've got a couple different teams going on right now. Uh, sometimes we have the team that beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at this this place, and the Baltimore Ravens in London uh, beats up the Houston Texans. But then we also got the team that's losing to the Jets, and and uh, we're inconsistent. You know, one week we show up and play really well, the next week, you know, we 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 just make too many mistakes and give away games. I mean, we've uh, we're we're three and three. Every other game is uh, you know we can't seem to put two games together. But Cordell, there are some bright spots uh, at the top of the list is Leonard Fournette, who's who's just stepped into the to pro football and has performed at a very high level. And uh, our defense is is much improved over last year with the top ten defense. But uh, just you know it's tough to pass on him. It's tough to run the ball against them. Playing really well on that side of the ball. Uh, some inconsistencies at quarterback and with Blake Bortles. Uh, he has at times been, you know, really sharp this year and, and, and at times has struggled. So right now the word is consistency. I mean, Tom Coughlin demands a lot of his, out of his players, out of his team. And, and right now we're just trying to figure out how to put two wins together and, and uh, still a lot of football left, but, but uh, just kind of all over the place as far as wins and losses right now. There's a team that actually probably is taking everyone by storm when it comes down to how they're playing on defense and, and, and offense and let's say special teams as well. That's the L.A. Rams. How much are you buying into how good this team is actually playing together, being able to go undefeated on the road, not a scheme, a team that's not afraid to travel and play some good football? Are you buying into what they're doing? You know, I'm buying into it because I saw it firsthand when they played the Jaguars last week in, it, uh, in Jacksonville here. Um, Jared Goff is uh, is much improved. You know, Cordell. You know, I, I always thought that when you make your biggest strides from year one to year two, and Jared Goff looked looked sharp. His numbers weren't great, but he took care of the ball, and uh, he looked very comfortable out there. I uh, did a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage, which typically you don't see. You know, young quarterbacks, you know, giving that freedom to do uh, defensively, uh, very stout, very strong, and. Listen, it was uh, they traveled three thousand miles to play in Jacksonville. We put them in the in the dark navy jerseys, like we used to do to you when you were the Steelers, Cordell. Of you course, know, we put you in the black jerseys. <laughs> and it's you know, and it's ninety, it's ninety eight degrees out there with the you know ninety percent humidity. And they didn't bat an eye. They came out and played played hard and, and uh, beat us. And 
And uh, they're a good football team. And uh, Sean McVay is, is uh, I've heard so many good things about him. And uh, I'm just more than impressed with that at age 31, they need to put a team like this together and, and go out there and compete and play football. Taking you around the league with Mark Brunell, the former NFL quarterback, part of the NFL Legends community. Mark, world enough to recall, you started your career in Green Bay after winning that national championship with UW. Matt Flynn, you'll recall, held the Packers together the last time Aaron Rodgers went down with a broken collarbone. Do you think Brent Hundley can do something similar this season? Well, he's, he's uh, I, I think he can. And uh, uh, what's, what's so important, and Cordell, you'd agree with this, I mean, that your supporting cast, who you have around you, means everything, especially for a young, inexperienced quarterback. Uh, now, obviously, the game plans are going to change. Um, you know, it's, it's up to the Packers to find out, you know, what, what he does well, what Brett does well, and what he does poorly, and focus on his strengths. And, and, uh, but he's a confident kid. And, um, you know, and I think if they're, if they're real smart with, with their game plans, they're going to run the football, not ask him to do too much, play solid defense. Yeah, they're a good football team. And, uh, um, and I, I think he could be just fine. But it, as long as he realizes that he just can't put all of this on his shoulders, not not do more than he's asked to do and go out there and, and, uh, and just make good decisions with the ball, uh, don't turn it over, he'll be just fine. Mark, how would you deal with the, the Indianapolis Colts situation with Andrew Luck? Uh, Jacoby Brissett has come in, and, and he's, he's doing a pretty solid job. I mean, they're 2-4. and four. Uh, one game out of first place, of course, because everyone else is tied at three and three. But if you get to the halfway point and say the team is, let's say, four and four or some to that extent at the halfway point, 500, and uh, Andrew Luck is, is capable of playing, would you sit him or would you give him an opportunity to come on the field to try to rally the team or just let Jacoby Brissett continue to play? You know, I would probably, I'd probably put in Andrew as long as he was uh, – hundred percent healthy. And as long as he was in, you know, healthy enough to protect himself out there. Um, you know, Andrew's one of those quarterbacks when he, you know, I think five, six years ago, however long he's been in the league. I mean, he was a, a special player and, and can be, and has struggled with injuries and, and uh, hasn't had a lot of success lately, but um, right now he seems to be the only hope in my opinion for the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm sure if you're one of his teammates, and you had the decision to play him or sit him, you'd want him out there. I mean, he's not just a uh, – he not only has the potential to be a really good quarterback, but he's he's their leader. I mean, he's their superstar. And, and uh, I'd put him out there, Cordell, as long as he was healthy. And Because uh, the last thing you want is to put him out there, him not being ready, re-injures his shoulder, hurts himself, and he's definitely out for the rest of the, the, rest of the season. But uh, um, I think they, they're a football team that could really use him right now. Finally, Mark, what does it mean to you to be a part of the NFL Legends community? It's a highlight every Thursday on this program to focus on this tremendous initiative. Yeah, it's a great initiative. I've been a part of it since the beginning, about four years now. And and I really applaud Mr. Goodell uh, uh, for starting this. Listen, there's, there's 20,000 former NFL players alive right now. And our job in working for the Legends community is, is try to connect those guys, uh, former players, whether they played in the uh, in the 90s, in the in the 60s, whatever it was, try to connect them with with opportunities, uh, programs, resources, all things that are available to them through the NFL. Um, Cordell, I mean, I've, I've got te- teammates that are out there that aren't playing in the league anymore that are absolutely struggling. I'm sure you do too. And so, yep. uh, my job is, is is really to try to locate those guys, connect them, point them in the right direction because there's a lot available out to them 
whether it's a, a physical ailment, uh, they're struggling mentally, financially, looking for what's the next part of their life, what to do, their next career. So the NFL does a good job in providing for our former players and helping them out and getting them on track. And, and uh, it really is a privilege to work with these guys in, in the league office and, and, uh, and just help our brothers. You know, and, and that's really what the Legends community is all about. Well said, Mark. We always appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. I went to Stanford in grad school at USC, so I'm a double shot of Pac-12 alumni. Cordell's all in with the Pac-12 now because Colorado's joined our Conference of Champions. As a UW alum, Mark, tell our national audience that if Washington wins out, undeniably they're going back to the college football playoff. Uh, there is absolutely no question. Uh, they, they deserve it. I don't care what anybody says. I'm rooting for the... Uh, Washington Huskies and uh, Chris Peterson doing a great job out there. So go dogs. Thank you. Because the mm. SEC gets way too much conversation. That's my comment. Way too much. Way Thank too you. much. Mark, enjoy the game tonight. We'll chat with you again on the NFL on Tune and Down the Road. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the NFL on Tune In. The National Football League is on. Tune in.